Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another brand new episode. Today's features humans and strangers. Had a great time meeting with them, talking about some of their new music, getting to know them a little bit better. And I got a big old show happening this weekend, Saturday night at Blueberry Hill in the Duck Room. So we talk all about that and uh, hope you enjoy it. I do want to remind you, as always, Rock Paper Podcast is brought to you by Friendship Brewing Company in Wentzville, Missouri, serving up all your craft beer needs. Over 25 rotating taps over there, all kinds of delicious beverages, tasty food, all you got your burgers and nachos and flatbread pizzas and all kinds of tasty eats there uh daily weekly specials and uh you can get some great live music happening out there on the weekends uh start your weekend on thursday with their single bingo night every thursday this week on august 24th is i love the 80s so come check that out friday August 25th, you got Steve Kyle. And Saturday, August 26th, Josh Littig. Sunday, August 27th, Jeff Waltschauser. And uh, you can find their full beer menu, food menu, and concert calendar at friendshipbrewingcompany.com. Follow along with them on Facebook and Instagram for more details. And come check out their brand new... Friendship Brewing Fly High location out in Flint Hill, Missouri, just outside of Wentzville there. You can get the same great beers. You can see the beers being brewed right there. They got a big stage now for the bands just to play. They got a big patio, plenty of great food. Check out the new Fly High kitchen and all new menu. And you can get some live music this weekend on Friday, August 25th. You can catch Mickey Scott out there. At Fly High and Saturday, August 26th, Terrence Wafer. Again, plug in with them on Facebook, Instagram, friendshipbrewingcompany.com. And if you need anything from me, feel free to reach out uh, Facebook, Instagram. You can find all things at rockpaperpodcast.com. Hit me up on uh, the email at rockpaperpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And with that out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode with humans and strangers. Um, a podcast is kind of like a, it's like a radio show that's not on the radio. It's on, it's on the internet. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that's also like my mom. Uh, it makes it sound more confusing, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds like this. Hey, this is Humans and Strangers. I'm Jonah Presley. I do lead vocals and play rhythm guitar. Tony Dykstra here, play lead guitar for Humans and Strangers. Grant Adlo, I play the drums. And we're just missing Baby Dan. Yeah, and you're listening to Rock Paper Podcast. Rock Paper Podcast. This is beat paper, paper covers rock. Rock beats is the shame, covers nonstop, never know what. New kind of guests that he's got coming at you. Live and direct on the spot could be rock, folk. 
country of hip-hop jazz All kind of folks that he has Could be an artist or a comedian to make you laugh On the Double-decker fudge round rolling round town Shane coming at you live and direct from ground zero Here's your hero, here's your bestie Rock, paper, podcast with Shane Presley Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, hanging out today with the guys of Humans and Strangers. Yes, sir. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, well, thank you, thank you. This is uh, very cool, getting to spend a little time on a Sunday, hang out and talk about uh, some tunes and big show coming up, And but uh, this is our first time getting to meet and... It's kind of uh, what's fun about this show for me, and I, I probably start most all of them this way, uh, or quite a bit of them. Uh, that um, you know, that's what I love about this show is it continues to introduce me to folks making music in our town and getting to meet all kinds of people. Definitely. And, uh, so I'm glad uh, we were able to make this happen today. Absolutely, man. I appreciate yeah, you coming. Appreciate on. it. So I know um, just through the internet, I've been following along with you guys for. For a little while, I know uh, I keep a lot of keep an eye on a lot of calendars, so I see, you know, who's playing where and what's going on and stuff. And I've been following along, but like I said, it's our first time really getting to sit down and get to meet and talk about all this stuff. So um, I guess uh, can we go back to the early days of how this uh, project yeah. got started? Well, tell me, uh, you fill me in on a little bit of the the backstory. <laughs> yeah, um, me and Tony met first through some mutual friends. Long time ago. Long time ago. Yeah. I I was like 21, I think. 29 now, next month. Yeah. So that was quite a while ago. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's through some mutual friends. And we had a original bassist, my friend Luke, and a singer named Bo. And that was the uh, original band. And we called ourselves The Humans. Then we found out that that name is taken. So <laughs> we had to adjust. And uh, we took about a year off and then got back together um Bo left to pursue um film he was a he went to school in KC to learn film and I believe he teaches film at a a Wentzville high school I, I think he might be at Timberland Timberland maybe yeah mm-hmm. yeah I haven't talked to him in a while so he um pursued his own passion and uh then we were looking for a basis this is about 2017 um, we were living with our friend Luke at this house all together and throwing a lot of parties. And it was a wild and interesting time for sure. And for a while, it was me and Tony just kind of jamming together and looking for a bassist. We come to find out that uh, my best friend Ben, I had mentioned before. Who lived with us. Yeah, who we were, knew we were looking for a bassist for, <laughs> for probably for a year. <laughs> Yeah, probably like a yeah a while. <laughs> He's just like, oh yeah, my my little brother plays bass. I'm like, oh. <laughs> why don't we bring him by? Yeah, and then so he's like seventeen at this time. All right, fucking so Dan. Called him baby Dan, and he was a really gifted player. And you know, he liked jamming. He liked the kind of music we were playing, and kind of worked out from there. And uh, then yeah. I had moved to a different house in St. Peter's, Ben and his girlfriend, and. Um, we just kind of were like an instrumental band, like a trio for a while, looking for a singer and for a while. And, um, that's probably that what to be probably about to the beginning of, or maybe mid 2018. 
beginning we, we of 2018. Were, we were jamming for a solid year, if not yeah, more. It was cold when I met you guys. Yeah, I think oh. it was probably like okay. probably like October, November ish of yeah. 2018. It was okay. always cold in that basement, though. <laughs> I almost feel like it was this summer. That's how my memory. Goes. I don't, man. Yeah, it's hard to say, but well, Jonah kind of came then. about the same way Dan did because right. Ruth, after some time of knowing we were looking for a singer, was just like, "Oh, my my friend Kayla's husband is a singer." But if I remember yeah. right, you were traveling for your job. Yeah. yeah, I was traveling a lot, and then I think it was one day my wife was friends with Ruth, which was his roommate at the time, and Ben they were dating at the time, and uh, oh. I think I had came over with Kayla one time. Well, and I, I was talking to Ruth, and you guys were about to have band practice or something, but I, we ended up having to leave. Okay. And Ruth was like, "Oh, you should like." She told me about jam. you. Yeah, like she she's like, "Yeah, my roommate does. He plays drums, and uh -huh. they, they play like you know, older rock music and stuff that you'd probably be interested in if you ever want to get together." And then, yeah, like she told you about me, and then I think we talked we we all three looked up your soundcloud in yeah. my car and we were all like yeah no that's good yeah he's perfect. good that's perfect yeah, and, and so I think it came over uh one of one of those i think it was thursdays or tuesday at that time i don't remember what day you guys were going at the time and kind of mm -hmm. got down there i think we <laughs> brought over my stuff we it was awkward at first for sure like because i don't know who the fuck these three people are all right sure um, there's always so a little awkwardness i there. was nervous as hell to come hang out until we started playing music yeah it was i was i was real nervous man as you do like just being a new we were more nervous yeah new so situation you know. and i don't know you guys at all yeah. and then we show up and you guys are like jam and i come down in the basement do my introductions and you guys start playing dude and it was just like one of those moments mm -hmm. where you're like holy shit okay this is it like this is the group of guys i need to be around all the time and we hung out played for about an hour or so and then what that was that first it was the first night we wrote very first night very first night i think we banged out what was it? two songs dying yeah, two, and wasted dying time and wasted time the first night we ever yeah. hung out wow those are um, both recordings we have out a now. special moment man like, yeah no just, totally i mean the chemistry was there from the start yeah and i was definitely very confident after that night like oh okay we can we can be a band yeah. for sure what and what five six years later we're five years later five years later, later. Yeah. yeah 2023 here we are yes sir yeah i think uh it's that's uh something i'm pretty i guess envious or jealous uh of musicians like that have that like you know just like it's it's like an unspoken that you know bond they can just start jamming and you know you watch different people just jump up on it with uh, some other band they never played with but they can know they know enough about music they can you know play along with the song and they figure it out on the fly and all these these different things like that where you can see like people like there's there's no communication it's all through the music and they learn they can do that kind of stuff and like i don't know it's just always something i really admire about people that play like it's just cool to see especially as me as just a fan i'm you know mm -hmm. i don't have that ability so it's like man it's just cool to see i was gonna ask if you played anything yeah i i've I played like um and now uh, i think it was like middle school i went out for the school band and didn't go well and uh <laughs> <Been> there <laughs> and uh i went i think like and it's like it was one of those kind of situations like all my friends were kind of doing it so i was just like i'll give it a try and and uh yeah i think he basically at the time i think we had to like pick between um 
band or or gym class or whatever you know some kind of like or something like that and the and then he was like well either you have to try really hard or you can go back to gym class and i was like all right i'll see you later and like and but so <laughs> i was much better off in sports and I did did pretty well there but so i don't know i just said uh, playing has never really been something i excelled at and ever i don't know that i really properly tried i probably never really applied myself to like learning an instrument at all but it's something i really enjoy you know as music's you, a huge part of my life i'm guessing you've had the passion for music pretty much your whole yeah, life yeah yeah definitely been like i mean my parents got me hooked in on records and stuff years ago so music's definitely been a big part of my life just not as far as playing it so gotcha but maybe someday yeah i talk about it a lot on it's this show too late, man. i talk about a lot like how songwriting and things are a lot of things i'm passionate about it'd be fun to apply it and and get out there and you know trying to try to do something with it one of these days but even if i don't know that i'll ever see myself like sitting on a stage playing guitar and singing my songs or anything but i think it'd be fun to write and have somebody else record my a song or something i wrote so i think that would be cool we'll record you yeah, <laughs> yeah i don't i just uh write some shit man we'll yeah, put it out right yeah <laughs> But yeah, so I, I joke about a lot. I've got you know enough friends around town to make make all this stuff happen. So I just gotta, you know, put my put it to put into paper and make it happen. What instrument would you try out? <clears throat> I don't know. I've always like uh, thought about to like a. I, my dad used to play harmonica when we, we were young. Like that was like his thing. Nice. And I watched uh, some of my other friends around town play harmonica and i was like i don't know it just seems like it'd be that'd be fun to like because you can those guys that do it well like are able to you know find where they fit in like with certain bands and especially like in blues and and different you know rock and stuff there's some things some different you know classic blues influenced rock and roll stuff where it right. works well and and um i just see like those guys like are real tasteful with it and but plus it's like nice that they can just travel with a little briefcase and right. set up and just, you know, jam wherever and kind of thing. So it's the only instrument you can just pull out of your pocket. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but you know, it's like, uh, I think that would be cool. It's just something I've, I've always admired a lot of those guys that play harmonica. So I see it. Maybe, maybe one of these days I'll make okay. it happen. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I guess, uh, so, so everything went well that night. Humans and strangers became a, a thing, and right. Um, I think, yeah, I think we had the name at that point, and then we probably spent about a year writing songs. We probably wrote about ten songs, and right when we were about to start playing out, twenty twenty happened, and so right. it delayed our progress a little bit, like it did everyone. And then it was kind of funny because we started playing out after the wreckage so to speak and i know a lot, a lot of bands didn't make it through that and it's like we almost you know we started in the new world almost yeah. and uh i think our first show was in june at 21 i feel like we were like prepared for it though because we already spent a year not doing any well, shows that's the thing. just I, riding so when it happened yeah it sucked that we were ready to play a show but then mm -hmm. that just gave us like a whole another year yes to like perfect it yeah and put like, more music together yeah and at the time, frustrating, but looking yeah. back, maybe it was yeah. a blessing in disguise. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there was always, to this 
day. I think we're kind of over it now, but sometimes we still have this discussion of, oh, do we want to learn more covers or keep working on originals? And now we're pretty set on originals. Not Nothing on cover bands at all, but it's everybody's always said, oh, if you want to make it in music, you got to learn covers and you got to yeah. be a cover band and all that. It's not really where our heart's at. Yeah. Honestly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a, definitely a big debate, you know, like um, I got, it seems like uh, friends of mine that are like working musicians that are like, you know, make making it by by just playing music uh, that are not, uh, you know, on major labels, touring and all this kind of stuff. They have a cover band that plays out. They have a original band that plays out. OK. And, uh, they do lessons and, you know, there's, yes, there's a lot of different. That- I've noticed that's kind of the circuit for St. Right. Louis musicians. There's a lot of guys three things. Yeah, yeah. have a lot of different, you know, things going. But uh, you know, so it's like I feel like the cover band helps fund the original yes. band and stuff like that kind of thing. But it's all trade offs, I yeah, think. It's sure. smart. I mean Yeah, it makes sense. I think yeah. it would like if we all had more time because we all have our day jobs, like me like being musicians isn't something we do full time. Right. Um but I think if we all had that time, that would probably be something we would. I think if we yeah. met a lot younger, we would have had that yeah. um, sort of choice. But we kind of already had careers, or at least we were in school, and we were kind of working towards that anyways. And yeah, just how it works out, you know. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like, uh, but I feel like originals. I think that's the, the way to go with it all. I think like people. You find your audience and people really appreciate it. But this town is definitely like people love cover bands. They love like the songs that they were, you know, playing when they were in school or kind of thing. It's like the nostalgia, I guess, and everything else. But they um, so I don't know. I, I enjoy those songs, too. But I also love discovering a great new band for the first time and hearing something that I never heard before. So. It's definitely yeah. more of a struggle as like an original band, I feel like, to get more shows like more regularly because people are just looking for a lot of like two and a half to three hour sets, which is cool. Like, and we've done those before, but with a I half feel a like, set being covers. Yeah. Right? And I mean, as much as it's been a struggle to like find the places, like, I think it's made us more determined as a band. Right. We to just step up and like, get more shows and put out more right. original music. I'm just doubling down on the original music. Yeah. Like I said, that's where our heart's at. And it's, it's almost like painful learning these covers. Yeah. We like these songs and everything, but it's, it's just became like we were doing something. People told us what we should do. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of had a realization that there's not really any rule book here and we sure. can kind of just do what we want to do. Yeah. Well, that was my thing from day one. Like before I met these guys, I've been playing music since I was about 13, like shows and stuff since I was that age. And that's all I was ever in was cover bands. Like I'd be playing four hour sets, three nights a week, just constantly like hammering down new songs. And I just got to the point where like, for me personally, like playing, you know, four hours of covers, I just started to realize like, I didn't want music to turn into a job per se. Like it was, it was very draining and I just didn't love what I was doing anymore. That's when I met these guys. I was like, I don't really want to like, I'm cool with covers every now and then, but like, I want to really focus on original music. And we kind of all just had that agreement from the beginning. You know, you play your cover gigs when you need the money to like, like you were saying to front the original stuff. And I mean, that is how we ended up getting all our records that we have out now made. And 
wouldn't take it back for anything, but right. definitely original path is where we want. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, let's uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's talk about one of those uh, originals. And you guys said uh, this is maybe one of your biggest songs still to date, uh, but uh, it's, uh, from your first EP call, and the song's called "Love on You." Yes, and uh, this is this one that immediately uh, jumped out to me too. Like, and I can when so you say in that it's one of your most popular, I, I can, I, you know, made sense. Cause like it was the one I've, when I first listened through, I was like, that's, it's catchy. It gets, it's it gets stuck in your head. It's got all the things that you're looking for. And for, you know, mm-hmm. as like far as like, uh, you know, wanting to replay it and get put it on, you know, keep it on repeat kind of thing. And it's got all those little, you know, uh, pieces that make you want to do that. So thank you. It's a fun song to sing. Appreciate you to. saying that, man. Uh, I think our Tony wrote that one. Yeah. 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 I, uh, <laughs> well, I, so that song came about because I was in a relationship at this time where it was sort of um, unclear if we were going to move further with the relationship or not. And so it was this whole thing of like, why don't you figure it out? Um, trying to figure out how to make a relationship work with this person. And, it wasn't really coming together, so it was frustrating. So the song kind of came about out of that frustration, but that's one of the great things about music is when you have those complicated emotions that you don't really know how to direct it, then you... I don't think that kind of thing... Comes is, out through music. That specific thing is pretty relatable to yeah, damn right. near everybody. Yeah, yeah man. which I hope that's why people enjoy the song. Maybe they can find something that helps 100%. them through a similar situation.
I think that's a lot for me when I listen to a tune, like, you know, sometimes you either you connect to like that you've been there or like you, you believe it enough like this person that's singing that like you, they sing it with such conviction. Like, yeah, I, I, I believe that person went through that for sure. And it's like, and, um, you know, so as part of that, like you apply it to your own story, even if you haven't never really been fully in there, like it's something similar to that, you know, to where you can relate and, in a sense, but, but yeah, I mean, like, I think it's all, we've all been there some sense uh, with, you know, heartache and falling in love and stuff and falling out of love. And so it's all, mm-hmm. I don't think it's the coincidence why most songs are love songs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's sure. The most relatable thing. Yeah. And it's one of the biggest things in life, you yeah. know, but yeah, man, this was, uh, this was a lot of fun and available now on all your uh, digital platforms and you can uh, add it to your favorite playlist and, Listen along. Follow with uh, humans and strangers on your uh, Facebook and Instagram. Those are good places to get plugged in. Yes, sir. And uh, you might be able to hear it live coming up at a uh, big show happening at Blueberry Hill. Yes. At the end of the month here. Yes, sir. So stoked. Yeah. yeah. I'm so ready for that. Dude. August 26th. This is Saturday. Uh, show starts at 8. Doors open at 7. We'll be on at 10 privileged to be with two other very talented bands the hangovers and uh dead format uh the hangovers are good friends of ours we played a few shows with them uh dead formats we've been fans of them for a long time and it's our first yeah it's our first show with them so we're really excited to play with those guys and this is a venue that's been on our minds for a long time and i mean it's, it's chuck's place yeah. so you know i think every musician in st louis at some point wants to play this place so yeah we're yeah, really I, stoked i uh well one uh dead format rules that's uh yes. those guys def- i don't know the hangovers yet but i'm sure they rule too but i'm uh, i'm excited to check them out but uh yeah i'm i met up with dead format quite a while ago and we we you know this it was a lot of fun getting to spend some time with those guys and and uh they kind of been quiet for a while, and so I'm glad to see that they're back uh, playing uh, again. So it's that was really exciting, and that uh, they're back on stage, and so it's gonna be a great night for sure. Definitely, definitely. They have a very cool sound. <clears throat> Please it's, come watch us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want so many people there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's we're trying pack to, it. We're trying to yeah. have a big turnout, make a good impression, so we can continue to get shows there. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, but I, you're mentioning um, Chuck Berry, and I was, I was fortunate enough to. Uh, Take my mother, my grand, uh, sorry, my mother-in-law. I don't know uh, to uh, see Chuck Berry there. Really, at, uh, once and uh, we had a really good time with that. At uh, you know, it was, and that's kind of one of those things. Like you, you know, you maybe in St. Louis, some of us took it for granted because you could see Chuck like once a month playing on that stage, kind of thing. But uh, but I, you know, I was like when I'm when we were in the room, we started kind of talking to people and people are saying no they plan their like summer vacation about coming to st louis to see to see this and like that they you know flew in from you know wherever around the world it's kind of thing it's like so like i was like pretty wild like to hear these kind of stuff like you know i start just small talk with people before the show and stuff and like you know so it was kind of wild to think about that that can you know even into into his you know 80s and stuff that he was people were you know knew that they it was a piece of rock and roll history right here on stage. So 
It's crazy that people think of St. Louis as like a vacation destination. Man. Yeah. Like people <laughs> that, that live here were like, yeah, that is a weird, it's St. Louis, man. Weird thought. Right. It's the greatest city ever, but why are people, why are people vacation? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then you forget, you know, Chuck Berry, Nelly, like yeah. all those, we have a lot of big people from here. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, there's a lot to offer me. I love it here. We've got all sorts of different music, food, you know, just that. I really love this town. Yeah. It's very hometown feel. Yep. Yeah. I, um, and I don't know. I just think there's a lot going on. Like, I lo- when I see my, I list these, like, you know, runs of shows or like 60 different events going on on a Friday, Saturday night. And I'm like, it's wild to think about that much music happening around town. How do so. you keep track of all this stuff? I've been wondering this for years. Uh, it's just, uh, I don't know. I follow a lot of musicians, so that helps me keep track of where they're playing at. And, but then, like, you know, I just kind of got it dialed in pretty good now. We're doing it for, like, 10 years now or something like that. Sure. So, but the list was, like, the beginning was very small, like maybe four or five things on a weekend. But, you know, being the net, my networking has grown out farther and farther all every year so it's like a you know it just keeps growing and social gotcha. media has made yeah. it so much easier too now like like i follow all those s s like stl rock page stl yeah. edm stl musician they, they post yeah. their like little things every week with what shows are yeah. going on where but yeah. like it's for me personally like it, it is really cool to see even the, my own personal network is going that far, but like seeing how much music is happening around in our, in our city and how many people we got people opening new venues, all the, you know, like quite, quite a bit. We have, I don't know. I saw one thing at one, one time, like that St. Louis has more music venue, music venues per capita than like, uh, like any other city maybe, or something like we, really? we have a lot of possible, you know, like, venues of around town to play at and a lot of different um you know some are more geared to their own you know brand of whatever they do but uh you know some are very mixed genres open to everybody sure but, but uh you know there's a lot of a lot of hap- music happening in town that's for sure so yeah they just keep popping up too man. yeah right. like just new venues all the time yeah st louis definitely is a music town it's a small town but it's right. you know they're passionate about their music but yeah but yeah, hopefully uh, get a nice crowd out to see you guys play at Blueberry Hill. That'd be a great opportunity for you all. And I guess what, like I said, that's the the key. Haven't want want them to invite you back to do it again. So right. uh, keep growing and absolutely. Um, plus, the people that book at Blueberry Hill also book Delmar Hall and the, the pageant. pageant and stuff. So right, you know, if we can get in with that and keep moving it up, and that be uh, be a nice thing. Easily the biggest. Love to play Delmar Hall, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love that place. <laughs> that's probably the nicest venue i well the fox is obviously a very nice place too sure, yeah. but delmar hall i was very impressed when i i saw duran jones and the indications there a couple of years ago and uh me and my friend uh jewel if you're listening she she would remember this night it was such an awesome concert and um we were hunched up over like the rail at the very front just like in awe looking up at these guys play because they were such a great band. And at one point, uh, Duran Jones, the lead guy actually like came and grabbed my friend's hand and was like serenading her during the show. They were singing one of their songs. I forget which one at this point, but really cool show, really cool venue. And their sound systems like, yeah, phenomenal there. Yeah. Yeah. Shane, do you have like a favorite venue in the town? 
Uh, I'd be hard to pick a, a favorite. Uh, I do love the folks at Old Rock House. Uh, they've been really good to me, and it's a Sick. great space. Lighting and sound is all top notch, and uh, I've got to see some amazing shows. That's kind of more my speed. These like smaller, uh, intimate kind of uh, yeah. settings, and uh, so. Uh, but I've been I've been fortunate enough to host uh, <clears throat> host a couple of various events over there, and like you know, just always. A lot of fun at Old Rock House for me. So yeah, yeah, I like that place a lot. Yeah, it was a cool time playing there. Dude. Yeah, yeah. We have a they kind of the best of both worlds because it does have that small venue feel, but then there's this whole upstairs right. where I mean, we just saw Aaron Cam and the One Drops there, and oh yeah, there's probably 300 people in there. Yeah, I didn't even realize that was possible. Pretty yeah, much they, everybody they was downstairs. That thing, but man, it was yeah. amazing. It gets packed, that man. guy, shout out Aaron Cam, man. That yeah, guy is probably yeah, my favorite show. Aaron Cam, we want to play a show with you, man. Aaron Cam, we want to play a show with you. Our email is humansandstrangers at gmail.com. My number's not. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time I saw the upstairs at that venue, and it was. was I loved it. Really cool space. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I've been following Aaron Cam for uh, for quite a while. I was a big part as I took a job working uh, at Broadway Oyster Bar, and that was a big reason why. I was like, I was there all the time anyway, so might as well get paid to be there. And. uh, Right. <clears throat> so I, uh, but my first night I worked was uh, Aaron Cam and the One Drops on Thursday night, and then uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they uh, packed out, you know, sold out show pretty much, and then uh, the second night I worked was like Saturday, and it was Andy Frasco, and like it was like the being thrown right into the fire like two of the two wild parties on uh you know the first two shifts i worked there and they like packed out and it was uh but i wouldn't change change it for anything it was a fun a lot of fun working there and getting to meet all sorts of people and get to experience great vibe music down there and but i don't know if you guys ever got to catch catch an andy frasco show but it's no highly entertaining he's he's another uh i'll check it out yeah he's a good party for sure yeah, he plays. He played summer camp music festival last year, and we were supposed to go check him out. I guess he was had people with video cameras going around asking if they wanted to like show their tits on stage and stuff. <laughs> Come up to Kayla and I while we were just walking through the middle of the like cutting through back to go to our tents, and he's like, "Hey." You want to come be on stage with Andy Frasco and take your top off? We're like, uh, what? I yeah, mean, dude. Yeah, sure. Like, we'll be back later. And we ended up catching another band, but yeah, he, he had a huge crowd. Wow. Like, I watched um, at Oyster Bar. You know, it's a small place, but he like stage dive off the stage, and um, people uh, crowd surfed him all the way to back to the bar, and he grabbed a bottle of Jameson and was like chugging it on the way back up to the bar. And like, and, wow, it's uh, one of those rock and rollers. Yeah, it's wow. it was, uh, you know, stuff like that. You just don't, you know, it's definitely a party, so it's it's fun. I'll check him out. Yeah, yeah sounds like a fun spectacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's uh, you guys haven't heard it, Andy no, Frasco, Andy Frasco in the UN. I've yeah. heard the name, but I don't think I've heard the music. Yeah, he's hmm. a pretty big artist, man. And they're coming to music at the intersection here in September, so uh, if you want to go see him live, they might be able to see him there. Yeah. I'm definitely gonna check them out. Yeah, I love a good party. Yeah, where's music at the intersection again? That'll be uh, Grand Center. Uh, okay. The I guess they're shutting. I'm not sure exactly how they're doing that. I think they're shutting off the streets and stuff. Okay. Uh, but something like that. But it's all somewhere in that area. I, I I haven't been in the past 
yet. So uh, I don't I don't know exactly how they do that, but okay. it's somewhere in that area. It's all the Kranzbergs uh, put, is putting it all on. So it's like it's all around um, that around the Fox there and all that area. So okay, not, I think some stages are indoor. Some I think is going to be outside and stuff. So September, mm-hmm. yeah, nine, ten, eleven. I think it is. So ten, eleven. I think that's the weekend. Okay, but yeah, big. I'll I mean, check they, it out. They, it's good, it's a good variety year. of music and. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, there's quite a few of our locals, uh, getting some, some nice uh, attention on there too. So it's, uh, a good mix of national talent and local and good deal. So, yeah, it's, um, be, I know in years past, like they had uh, a bunch of my favorites, uh, like JJ Gray and Mofro and Gary Clark Jr. And, um, you know, some, a lot of different stuff like that. And then they, this year, I know there's, you know, quite quite a rain array music like all sorts of different stuff happening but wow. so um i can't even think of who was all there now this year but it's gonna be a good party for sure uh, i'm sure just, to check it out this it's year it's nice yeah. to see like like i said again national or these national talents coming in playing these festivals and putting our locals right next to their names 100 you know, getting them to spotlight too so yeah, there's you so like to many see talented that. musicians and saying oh there really is slept yeah. on man right definitely it's yeah. crazy so, uh, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll send you a flyer if I can sure. find it later. But, uh, so we, uh, so we got things happening. You guys have been, um, working on some new tunes of your own and, uh, we just released a, uh, new song in June. Yes. And, uh, this is a song called Never Enough. Yes. <laughs> and uh, again, most of your most recent single, let's, uh, let's talk about this one and how this one came about. Um, dude, wanted to write wrote, a funk song. Who wrote yeah. that one though? I wrote those lyrics. Yeah, and then yeah. I think we're down in the. Were we here? This oh, wrote this. Or we're, we're, we're still at your parents' house. Oh yes. Yeah. Shout out, <laughs> Mama P, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, we were at my parents' house, and hey, you had those lyrics already mm-hmm. written out, and then we didn't have any sort of idea what we wanted to do, and I just I was playing guitar. We we're just talking and I was like, how I do all the time. I get so distracted. They'll be talking and I'm just like over here like, hmm, what's this next part? We're gonna write? <laughs> and I just started going, don't, 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 don't. And they all kind of looked over and they're like, what's that? And I was like, I don't know, man. I just made it up. And then that's how a lot of our songs come about yeah, by the way. All yeah. the time. And next thing you know, it was. I think just, I came in with the the Curtis Mayfield style <laughs> wah yeah, chugs and whatever mm-hmm. and just kind of turned into a fun little funk song with some uh, kind of airy, spacey breakdowns in between. And right. Yeah. Chili Peppers-esque. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Which we like that. Really can't 
recorded it um we started recording it earlier this year at uh kalinga productions in maplewood off of manchester and uh shout out patrick ramsey yeah, yeah shout, shout out patrick out ramsey patrick. did a great job on that tune for sure and uh yeah um i don't know what else i can say about it it's uh it's 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 definitely a trip to uh you know i remember writing that at a piano just writing the lyrics trying to find some chords i'm a drummer so it's that's like calculus to me <laughs> I'm, I'm getting it i'm getting better and better but uh yeah and then seeing that and to actually hearing it on spotify it's definitely kind of a trip yeah. so it's, it's a good feeling for sure yeah man that um I, I do like your guys sound a lot like there is a you know like i said a little bit of funk coming through a little bit of blues a little rock like you guys do a good job of mixing a lot of the uh stuff together so it's it's fun to offer a lot of variety uh in your sound thank you yeah yeah we all come from like very different musical backgrounds for sure it's a yeah it's a genre bending kind of thing we like to do yeah you know we don't like to be boxed into anything and just kind of like that's what definitely gives us our unique sound is like i don't we don't really know what genre to put ourselves in i guess if you had to be like really rough with it just like rock i guess just yeah. in that one indie category. rock whatever that means but like he comes from a rap background you come from like more of like an older styled blues rock and, and souls i'm yeah. i'm like a pop fanatic dude i love yeah. pop music it's like my guilty pleasure yeah but that and like indie music and then you got dan who's just all over the place man like dan's really the avant-garde of the group yeah yeah honestly he, like, he has very eclectic music taste and man loves his funk though yeah, yeah and he jazz he's funk. 
Dan, he has a very sophisticated palate, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure. But so. I feel like definitely when we write, we tend to, I know I fall into that tendency of trying to write like poppy melodies. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when we write a song though, like if he writes a song, he'll already have like a melody in mind and then I'll take that and then kind of like give my own little spin to it. But I feel like that's definitely where we get some of our uniqueness from is from like all of our different backgrounds and then it comes together and just makes this fucking yeah it's what makes the whole sound what the it sound, is. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like putting a puzzle together trying to fit right. all the different <laughs> genres into something that makes sense right and doesn't sound like just a uncohesive is uncohesive or incohesive <laughs> Inco- sure. incoh- i don't know sounds man. that don't stick together well i didn't graduate <laughs> college yeah and it's <laughs> i didn't it's i dropped out <laughs> it's fun though because when we come to a conclusion with a song that we're satisfied with then it's it we have a lot of fun playing it and every time we write a new song it becomes like our new favorite Right. Until we write more songs, and then those songs get kind of left behind. Not left behind, but we're well, just... We just grow and grow. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, and there's so many times none of them actually get... But so, oh, it, what yeah. is it, incohesive? <laughs> it's, it, they don't come together, and they just get shelved. Right. We've and had so happens. many of those. Yeah. And then we end up pulling out a guitar part from that, or like, oh, what if we take those chords to this yeah, one we right. threw out, and then we throw it in, and next thing you know, like, three songs come out of it. And it's yeah. like... I think we all share, like, the the songwriting is at least my favorite part of being in a band in general mm-hmm. is just writing the songs. 100%. We all share that. And uh, it is very much like a puzzle, like Tony's saying. Like you can definitely tell who writes what though. I, I know. At least with we us. Can. Like if you put I was all just of our, talking about this. Like if we never yeah. showed anybody, like if you brought three, I brought three, you brought three, and we put them in a pile and mixed them up, like. Oh yeah, I could We tell would be able to was. tell who yeah. wrote what, like. For sure. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, lyric-wise, like you definitely can tell who yeah. wrote what song. But that's that's cool. I mean, yeah, I like that. There's not one songwriter, too. Right. You know, I think most people, most people would just assume, like a casual listener, would probably just assume Jonah writes everything because you think the singer writes everything. But I, yeah, I think about like just by default, people write, think that. You I, know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I think that's like your go-to is like you should assume that they wrote it because they're singing it, but. I feel like I've written more guitar chord parts than I have lyric wise for the band. Yeah. A lot of our songs have come together from you'll bring a chord progression that you came up with on your acoustic back at home, just practicing around. And then we'll kind of come together and uh, and embellish on that, just add more sounds to it. And then it's like the same, the the bones, like Jonah brings the bones to practice and then we all kind of, again, put the puzzle together. Put the meat on the bones. Make a a full song, put meat on the bones. I I write a lot of quantity, not quality. Yes. Like I- There's there's a lot of quality. I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna say I don't like, there's not some quality. Like there's times where it's like one song will hit and it's just fucking there, it's perfect. But there's been times where, like, I I probably on my hard drive at home, I 500 songs that I've never released. Yeah. I, they're not done. I like I have a whole studio at my house, and I just either I don't, not that I'm like afraid to release them, but like in my head they're never done. They'll never be done. That's something I appreciate. But appreciate about you, man, is you're you're not afraid to just 
throw something at the wall and see if it sticks or not oh yeah there's so and, many songs on that hard drive that are just shit yeah i can attest <laughs> so show bad, me his hard drive and it's pretty overwhelming <laughs> yeah i have like folders and folders yeah. of like here's from this and year it, here's yeah. from that year like, i'm so um ocd and very uh organized and jonah's the exact opposite of that so it's so funny to <laughs> kind of see our workflow together oh, Shane, i'm so glad yeah. you did not look at me for the date of that show <laughs> i told you <laughs> I'm the least organized in this band. I hate calendars. But that's, I think, I, like, where that creative um, fire comes yeah, from. Yeah, I'm on the sure. like the ball of my seat. Like, I don't like right. last minute man or nothing for me. Like, I'm so bad at that. Right. That's good. Yeah. Drives well, everybody else nuts. But but like I said, I think it's like you're saying, it's all the balance. It's what bring what brings you guys together. You find ways to complement each other to oh. make you know, hey, you're good at this. You do that. I'll do, I'm good at this. I'll do this. And like, Definitely. you know, that kind of stuff like that. But you guys all find your where you fit in in this band. So, and make it work. So, saying it's definitely working. Definitely. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you uh, mentioning some of these recordings and and uh, recording your own stuff. You guys, it's kind of uh, your next moves. You guys want to start trying to get move into re- maybe uh, streamline producing uh, more songs uh, by recording your own music yeah definitely um <clears throat> excuse me uh something we've always kind of talked about um like i said me and jonah have some kind of production background him a little more than me you actually went to a college for it right yeah so i got a scholarship for music production to the university of central missouri um started my classes there and then just ended up college wasn't for me I got down a couple rough paths, dropped out of college. And so music production's always been something that's been like at the forefront of my uh, mind. I was I would almost venture to say that's like your main thing. Yeah. Even I, beyond songwriting, while, guitar I, singing. For a while, if you would have asked me, I would I could have said I would could have never played another show again. Yeah. And just recorded every day and it would have been mm-hmm. perfect so, for me. I'm like a studio guy, dude. I live for that. He's a shit. studio rat. He's the definition of it. And I think you were always wanting us to do that and i think i was more set and like well let's get in studios let's do it the traditional way and kind of thing and um we've recorded everything at kalinga productions and it's it's gone over um pretty well all of our recordings bad experiences by any means i just it's honestly just you know affording it is a challenge and uh there's this sort of dynamic of when you're paying for time i feel like you don't necessarily play your best um because there's that pressure weighing on you and i think if i think you know the financial side of it as well as that side of it kind of led to us wanting to produce ourselves because it's like well we could i could play this i could record my drums by myself without having to book you know scheduling that's another issue you know everyone's so busy and you know it just it seems like the right move for us at this particular time yeah and uh so we're excited I think it again. It's just every everybody's different. They all like some bands need that pressure, you know. To you know, sure, you know, like they feel like uh, you know I need to be whatever, you know. Like they with the whole metaphor, like to make diamonds, you know, like have a little pr- little pressure on them. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> you know, it's that kind of thing. Like you know, like when they're on the clock, they know like, hey, I got to get in here, I got to get this done. You know, no point. We can't play it around. Like, but some people like the freedom of like not having that where they can feel more easy comfort comfortable to express in various ways and like um so i don't know yes you know it's everybody's different they all find find what it works for them and definitely uh, 
I think some people also, you know, it's nice to have like the producer chair, so having somebody that um, is like a fifth, sixth member of the band or whatever that's, you know, offering ideas like, hey, what if we try this? What if we, no, nah, that's having that outside perspective. Somebody tell you like, no, nah, that's not, that's not good. We should do this instead or, you know, those different things like oh, that. Oh, that's definitely helpful. All right. Having, and having somebody there to do those things and, you know, so I don't know. But again, it's like, there's no right or wrong to any of this stuff, you know? So. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, you take on a lot of, I mean, you take on a lot deciding to record yourself because that's a lot of time. There's a lot of money and there's a lot of, uh, Love learning curve that you have to sort of get over. Like I said, fortunately, me and Jonah have some kind of background, so we have we're not starting from ground zero. Right, that would be very overwhelming. But uh, yeah, as long as I'll show you our practice space after this, is, yeah. and, we're pretty uh, excited for yeah, it. Yeah, we just got to get the like, room set up, and we've yeah. recorded stuff together before mm-hmm. too. Like it, he has his solo stuff. Let me sing on that. Mm-hmm. I've got a bunch of stuff. Once we get it done, like get the studio up and running, I definitely mm-hmm. want your help recording that. But like we used to like when we first started, like over at your house when you were living with Ruth, like, I mean, we yeah. threw out a little demo. We didn't even like try. Like we just set yeah. up the mics, got it recorded. Yeah, very minimal effort. So it's like we go back and listen to that and we're like, dude, we can do this, man. Like between yes. our two brains and your OCD yeah. and like with that. As long kind as of, I like, channel it your yeah. correctly. Man, yes. Like, yeah, I, I think we're going to get some really good stuff out of this. And we've got a lot of stuff in the bank right now. Ready yeah. to like it, there is oh, yeah. so many, so many new songs that. I think we just wrote our 20th song and we have seven out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to be playing catch up for a couple of years, yeah. honestly. Yeah, I think that's like the most exciting part is just to be able to put out material fast at a faster pace and like, you know, just yes. be able to, you know, I've seen some bands, uh, you know, again, some people prefer albums, some people prefer EPs, or, but I think that having, continuing to put fresh, music out all the time like it's a good way to continue to build a fan base like that way so a hundred percent i think it's the only way all right you know i have this uh lofty ambition of releasing a song every two months and then promoting that song through various content video content and stuff Mm -hmm. and if we can just kind of get on this like trajectory where it's like streamlined like that and then at the end of the year or within a year um take those six songs and you know, we'd have like maybe like a 12 song album, 12 to 15 song album. So those six will be released as singles. And this is how my brain works. I'm very uh, like that. But um, that's my goal. Yeah. That's that's the vision. And it's going to take a couple of years to get sure. there, honestly. We'll drop it when we drop it, man. Yeah. It's all up to interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> that's our motto. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I came across this old interview with uh, James Brown. Uh, I forget when I was watching this, but he was kind of talking about this idea of a studio, uh, like going into a studio versus kind of self-producing and talking Mm -hmm. about how like he's, there's some people that they just have (laughs) this uh, creativity where they kind of need to channel it while it comes through. And so those are the kind of people that almost need to have their own studio <laughs> at their disposal. They need that structure. Yeah. And just be able to hop in there anytime, whenever it's, whenever it comes about and just bring it into being. I think with us too, like with recording ourselves, it, 
all the responsibilities on us. So yeah, we like it's less pressure because we're in the studio, but there is more pressure on us. Oh yeah, and it's like if something gets messed up, like it's it's our fault. Like there's nobody like we're nobody else not, to like not get mad at, but right. like nothing else to correct but stuff from our end. Yes, and I think that's gonna drive us more. And having full like creative, no rushing. Mm-hmm. Like you mess up, yeah. hey, redo the take. I don't care if it takes three time, hours time is on our side time is yes. there's no time is money it's aspect. the it's the initial investment of getting the gear and then after yeah, that after it's that like, it's yeah. complete creative 100 percent creative control in our hands if it we're comes. such perfectionists yeah. is the problem <laughs> and like it we have we basically have to require ourselves to channel that correctly and i feel like nobody will be able to ever like fully give us what we want <laughs> it's yeah it's almost like in our heads too like yeah it's like if we didn't have our hands on the wheels like we're not gonna be totally satisfied so we can't we can't have a time limit man we're yeah yeah yeah, we're too picky dude yeah something's always not missing but like there's always just something more there's always that what if feeling yeah so yeah but i I would all all, i mean not that i i don't know anything but i but i feel like i would also argue like sometimes like uh trying to make it perfect you take what, oh, yeah. what is what was fun about it you know like you you know it becomes where it's like like nobody's ever gonna have a perfect take or whatever you know it's like mm-hmm. it's, you're it's gonna become sterile to where it's like you know you take the feeling out of whatever it was there originally so there's a balance to this right. for sure there's yeah. a toxic end of the other right. side of the spectrum for right. sure so when we could get this stuff and it'll be months before we even get one song recorded yeah it's it's definitely going to be a learning curve, sure. like with getting your basement set up to where we want it as yeah. a studio, oh, yeah. mic placement, where your drums are going to sound best in the room. And it'll yeah. be continued to be a yeah. learning process forever. Yeah. And well, I'm excited about the idea, you know, like I said, having, you know, getting some fresh new tunes out there and and uh, see what you guys can do, man. It's, it's uh, fun to think about. For Thanks, sure. man. Yeah. So stoked. Yeah. Uh, so we got uh, again August twenty uh, sixth at uh, Blueberry Hill Duck Room. Tickets available right now uh, via Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster. Or the uh, if you want to save the service fees, you can hit the uh, box office there at uh, Blueberry Hill and uh, mm-hmm. and come join us and have a good time. And again, we got our friends uh, the Hangovers and uh, Dead Format on that bill, so it's gonna be a great night of. The music and um, but uh, I guess uh, I got a couple questions to take get your guys take on some of sure. these and uh, these are always kind of fun for me to uh, but uh, <clears throat> all right say we got our uh, humans and strangers action figures coming out uh, <laughs> what would you guys like to see as your your three accessories to go with your your individual uh, characters Tony's first <laughs> oh you got your guitar I imagine. I mean, whatever I'm wearing that day, I guess, works for me. Yeah, yeah I'll just, I, I'd probably pick my Strat. I want my Strat on my action figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just kind of, I don't know, do doing have, whatever. Do you have like a dream one or a, a certain one that you, you'd always thought about? A, a dream action figure? Right, no, it's a guitar to go with it. Like. Oh, um, personally, I... We were just kind of talking about this the other day about like what kind of gear, like dream gear and all this kind of stuff. If we, if money was no object and the kind of stuff we would get. And, um, I really, really like the, the big like Gibson, the hollow body, 
ES-335 type stuff, like kind of guitar that B.B. King played or, or Chuck Berry. And um, I like those guitars, but normally I, I like the look of Stratocasters a little bit more because it's just like that iconic Hendrix thing where it's just like kind of a slim looking guitar. They're a lot heavier than they look, but uh, slim looking guitar just classic. Looks, yeah, classic look. And that's if I was going to put one on my action figure, that's what I would pick. All right. <laughs> yeah. Any uh, anything else you think of? Is there another uh, accessory you'd like? Like a book, probably. Yeah. Oh, Tony's I a mean, big reader. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll just uh, sit on a stack of books. <laughs> That'll be my stool. Yeah. Perfect. Works yeah. <laughs> for me. You're straight on a stack of books. Yeah, yeah. that Why is not? your action figure for sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I like that. Tony's the professor. Yeah, <laughs> he'll tell you anything. But well, if you don't say a fucking cup of coffee in your hand. Oh, I was going to say that. Like, you you beat me to it. You got a cup of coffee and my drumsticks and, um, I don't know, some fresh shoes probably. Yeah. Some Jordans or some Nikes or something like that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Bro, my guy's rocking short shorts. Yeah. <laughs> always above the knee. Yes. Shorts. Always. Flat bill for yeah. sure. Like I'm always wearing my Vans. Anything Vans. Put it on my action figure. Vans, mm-hmm. um, please reach out for a sponsorship. Yeah, <laughs> and then just a pocket full of random guitar picks, dude. Because I'm so bad about guitar picks, dude. Like if I, I need to keep just like one pocket full of them, because I like I'll buy a pack. I literally bought a pack the other day before practice. I've already lost them. They're gone. I think they're just on the floor. Down yeah, that, but that's the problem. There's probably a hundred guitar picks laying in your basement right I now, find dude. Them all the time. Well, because I'll be playing, and then like we'll be going through the book, or like I'll set something down, or grab something, and I lay it down, and then it gets lost in between the binder and the uh, music stand, and it just disappears. It's like a fucking couch when you drop something in there. So yeah, like a pocket full of guitar picks, and then a flat bill and some short shorts. Jonah, I would almost say for you also like um just like a mountain full of like a like crumbled up pieces of paper that were song ideas you're like <laughs> oh, not that one I'm just like maybe constantly. a notebook yeah like my my song notebook because mm-hmm. like i take it everywhere with me like i take it to work yeah like just in my backpack and it's almost full i'm gonna have to buy a new one i like that yeah. there's so many songs in there that just haven't even been used either i like that yeah. question too yeah that was a good one dude thanks man <laughs> Yeah, it's just fun. I think uh, I think it's a good way to you know get tap into you know like in those personality things and um. All right, what about uh, is there a, something you guys think you could get into the Guinness Book of World Records for? Uh, hmm. Oh. Best procrastinators of all time. Yeah. Dude, that's not you, though. Oh, I know. <laughs> Us as a group. Are you talking about me? No, no, no. no. As, as, as a group. Um, yeah, we uh, we get sidetracked for sure. Right. I'm not very talented at anything, yeah. dude. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shut up. Longest side tangent. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm oh, saying. Yeah, dude, we are yeah, bad. Sure. We get distracted yes. really that's bad. That's what I mean. <laughs> We'll be mid-song stop for a second because somebody like messed up or we like have to say something. Completely unmusic related. Yeah, and then you look over and next thing you know, we're like 
three hours deep into a conversation about something that happened 400 years ago <laughs> that nobody cares about anymore. Why are we talking about conspiracy theories? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I'm huge on those. What, what's your favorite? Oh, they, they uh, get, we, we were just talking about this before you came over. We're like, guys, no conspiracy <laughs> theories on the podcast. I go down rabbit holes, man. Yeah. It's bad to where like I believe everything now. <laughs> like, I like some of the like the one the funnier ones like, um, you know, there's like uh, I like watching a lot of movies and stuff, and there's one that, like about um, like like Kevin McAllister grew up to be Jigsaw, uh, you know, like, <laughs> you, you know, like from Home Alone. Yeah, like it was like the same. That's you funny. know, he perfected the traps, uh, and he finally got you know, like. Uh, oh, I get it. You know. So, like, you know uh, <laughs> Stuff like stuff like that, like I'm like, that's possible. Like the, I like the like they replace celebrities with clones. Like Kanye West is a clone of himself now. Right, dude. What Eminem? Right. But then you look at it and like Kanye be looking weird now, dude. He's wearing them big old spacesuits where his shoulders are like four foot wide, and you're like, bro, what? And he's like four inches taller than he was before. Like it's fashion. Yeah, it's fashion. (laughs) It's fashion. The UFOs have hit a like cultural peak i would say these eh. days eh. <laughs> yeah it seems a little what, fishy what are they the, trying to distract us that's exactly right. the next big that's world event conspiracy. yeah all right see that's why i said it's dangerous going down conspiracy. <laughs> yeah world. we're gonna i've yeah. watched them all man we'll break yeah. our guinness world record for longest side tangent all right <laughs> yes we will and then you'll get your longest <laughs> podcast <laughs> <laughs> six hours of conspiracy <laughs> theories that nobody wants to hear so, about setting two records <laughs> Uh, what about a uh, dream duet or collaboration? Is there is there a certain uh, artist or somebody you guys think of that as a band? As a band, yeah, maybe. Do they have to be living? I mean, anything's possible now. Backseat lovers. <laughs> backseat, backseat lovers. I would love to do a song with backseat lovers. Those guys are cool. They're fucking amazing live. If you haven't seen them, go check them out. I think with AI technology, we could probably make anybody... Uh, Michael Jackson. Uh, <laughs> Michael enough. Jackson. I want a hee-hee on our track. Just a Are you going to say Hendrix? <laughs> What's that? Are you going to say Hendrix? Uh, no, I was thinking Stevie Wonder, actually. Oh, that would be cool. That would be freaking cool, dude. Well, he's, he's still alive. So we yeah. Got, so we got that. I, uh, I <laughs> love that. Stevie. Uh, I love Stevie speaking Wonder. Speaking of man. the AI, though, like I don't know if you guys gone down that on the on the youtube or anything but there's like um a lot of various ai songs that people have like i don't know how they even get the idea how they figure out it works but it makes me laugh but like um there's one that i really enjoy with it's hank hill singing big iron um (laughs) and it's perfect and there's like uh There's one with uh, Eric Cartman and Kenny singing uh, somebody that I used to know from. Cartman's all over the place right now. Cartman and SpongeBob are the big AI. That makes sense because they do so many musicals. They They have a lot to Somebody dropped this AI one of SpongeBob talking about jellyfishing. Don't mess with me while I'm jellyfishing. I think I've heard that. It's good. I think I showed you that. Yeah. Yeah. My son's obsessed with it. (laughs) Yeah. It's great. I I mean, I don't know how how that works, but like, it's pretty scary that they can just recreate it kind of scares me for like the music industry right. like what's gonna happen dude like i'm not too worried because know, they have man. to draw from real music sure Did you hear about yeah. that mcdonald's that just opened up where it's like there's no employees it's ran by machines yeah look if, like, if businesses and stuff want to use ai music for 
whatever content they need music for like go ahead but right. i think there's still gonna be a hunger for original music i will regardless. say like though it might like give you an idea of what like an artist that's passed like they go back and pull their voice and then like write new like so like with bob dylan he had the basement tapes and they went um they actually did a documentary um and they had i think it was marcus mumford from mumford and sons and like a bunch of other big musicians came in and they took all the songs that were never recorded when he went to the cabin to do the basement tapes and they took it wrote their own interpretation with his lyrics and then they came in a big studio and all recorded it they did this huge like i think it was like a two-hour like movie on it and I so I think that kind of stuff with like AI will be kind of cool, like taking like musicians that have passed or something and like taking lyrics that they never finished to like look at Mac Miller or something like with AI now. Also, my answer for Dream Club, rest in peace. Dude, yeah, RIP yeah. Mac, dude. Mac on the keys yeah. singing. Oh, man. But like taking his lyrics or something and like you have AI to like replicate his voice and go ahead and dropping what it would sound like. That would be kind of cool. There, yeah, I don't want to think of ai is the enemy or any new technology once you start fighting like like all the bands that were fighting napster and streaming when it first came out it's like it's a losing battle you might as well just jump on board I, my <laughs> my impression of ai just since over the last year it's become one of the most talked about things mm -hmm. but it just seems like everybody is just messing with it mm -hmm. like everybody's messing with it they're doing it to make memes and jokes and they're making all these random ai generated ads and pictures and stuff i haven't heard much of the ai generated music like i've heard they're doing that where they're replicating people's voices and stuff some of it's pretty cool dude i i would imagine and it i mean it's it's an interesting idea um but i'm I don't know how AI would replicate instruments and stuff like that. Like, would yeah. they have to plug it into I, an instrument or would they just take samples? And yeah. at that point, they're just sampling and constructing it. It would into be more song. like pop electronic type of thing, I would assume. I'm sure they could do anything, but I, I really do believe that there's a human element in music and that's not like oh, people yeah. need that and sure. people aren't going to. People aren't maybe if like little kids would like AI music, but I think once you grow, like you, you want an actual artist to connect to, right. and maybe I'm biased as an artist saying that, but that's how that's my At take on the, AI. That's the way we want it to be. Maybe that's just how I want it to be. Yeah, yeah. I just but, hope we get like a nice animatronic band that starts to come tour and like, dude, like they bring fight. back the chunky yeah, cheese yeah, robot yeah, band, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like it's all these robots are taking our jobs. Yeah. Yeah, they should, <laughs> all they got to do is buy up all the old chucky e. cheese. All right dancing yep. fucking oh rats gosh. and Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, because you know when you went to Chuck E. Cheese, like they had those concerts at Chuck E. Yeah. Cheese and it was just Chucky with like a guitar just <laughs> going That place like always this. creeped me out. Yeah. Cursed. Dude, Cursed they should just grab memories. <laughs> yeah. At the Rat Casino. Yeah. Cursed core. That's what concerts are going to be like one day, man. Can't wait. Jeez. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, speaking of a uh, movie, Bob Dylan movie and stuff, uh, what would you guys like to see, say, when the, the day comes along, we'll get the uh, Humans and Strangers biopic. Who would you guys like to see cast to play you oh, in the movie? Do you guys Ooh. have oh. Maybe. I'm so bad with these questions. Yeah. Like, I my, don't have – Dude, my celebrity look like – I was at a blues game one time. I was on a Jumbotron, and my celebrity lookalike was Andy Samberg. <laughs> I feel like he might play yeah. a good me. Andy Samberg? Yeah. yeah. It popped up. It was like – 
my hair was real long at the time, but it was yeah. popped up, and I lo- it did look exactly like Adam Driver, actually. Adam, I could see that. Yeah, Adam Driver. Uh, you got yeah. similar hair right now, at, at, huh. at least. I mean, he's a great actor for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, dude. I think this Andy Samberg would be fun. Yeah, yeah. Sagoni Weaver, dude. That's who I want to play. Me. Yeah. yeah, she's a badass actress. I think she would pull me off. I'd like to be played by somebody of the opposite sex. I think it would be kind of cool. I think that would work. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I don't know. What that's about, a that's a tough question, man. What about these I'm guys? I'm racking my brain. I need someone to answer for me. I feel yeah. like. I don't. I just don't know. I don't watch a lot of movies, honestly. So I don't know. Well, you read all those books, right? For the most part. Yeah. I mean, I, I more recently started getting into movies and just watching what they have on Netflix. I like westerns a lot. For some reason, probably just because I like that part of American history. Just have you watched Westworld? West on HBO? I, no, I don't think I have. There's Western. That's why I asked. It's I'll, a good show. I'll have to check it out. It's a really I'm good show. To think of who Tony looks like. I can't. You kind of have a unique look. It is very. That's dude. Well, and it's like our. I guess that's whenever people answer a question like this, it's who do they look the most like? Pretty much, I guess. Like I just don't have enough faces in my I'll take Timothy Chalamet to, or is that how oh, that's a good one name? that's a good one for you I feel yeah, like yeah. he would fucking kill it yeah that's me. a good one for sure oh man dude who's like a blonde tough. actor who's, like, baby, uh, who's baby Dan though we gotta figure out baby Dan that's gotta be the like that'll set the tone for the whole movie alright I would just wanna see his older brother play him dude, no just, just, <laughs> just play baby, baby Dan baby that would Dan, be fucking uh, funny though <laughs> puts on glasses I think if you put, oh man, that's rough. Uh, man, maybe because you mentioned him earlier, but me like Macaulay Culkin for me. I don't yeah. know, like, dude. Yeah. Maybe yeah, a little like, bit, or like a. Is it how we look right now? Like, are we going I off of how so. it looks Probably, right now? Because like Macaulay Culkin has like some long ass hair and shit. Right, like a younger. He he would cut his hair for the role. Of course. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf for you, dude. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, I don't know why you don't really like look that much alike, but like I feel like he he could play a good like he would dive deep into that fucking character, that philosophical type person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there we go. Shia LaBeouf for you, dude. I like Shia. And then somebody like really out of left field for Dan, like somebody that would normally. Yeah, but you can put wigs, dude. That's true. Hollywood. But it's got to be somebody like really crazy, like Flea or something plays Dan. Flea. <laughs> Do they have like, to be a bass player? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Oh, yeah, gosh. like I guess not. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm going to get back to you about our, <laughs> our dream yeah. cast right. and we'll have all of our friends too. I'll, I'll make a, yeah. a list. Chalabat, yeah, that's a good one for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. These are just the the dumb things I think. I love it, dude. Just to troll. Dude, they're not Man, dumb. These are good like, ass questions. And Ryan Gosling is going to play you in this movie. All right. Ryan Gosling. Just, he could give that yeah. mystique, though. Yeah. Yeah. He's it's uh, a good looking cast, though. Like, just, minus Macaulay Culkin. I don't know if that's the <laughs> most attractive person. I don't think that's the move the for me, necessarily. He, uh, oh, Marshall he, Mathers to play me. All right. Dude, yeah. Ryan Gosling was a great uh, yeah. Ken. That was a, that was fun on, in the Barbie movie. Was, I haven't seen, I haven't it, seen yet. it yet. My wife and my daughters saw it, yeah. and they said it. My wife said it was really good. Yeah, a lot more adult than they 
Yeah. Said it was gonna. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was also PG-13. what I've heard. It was PG thirteen though, dude. Like, fair. You take your kid. That's on you. All you right. knew every girl our age was gonna go watch that fucking movie. Oh right? yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was a. It was a lot of like, especially like like maybe the first half an hour. Like there's a lot of laughs. Like it's just a very like really kind of funny fun. as it's coming together and stuff. Like the whole Barbie world and stuff. So did you do the Barbie Oppenheimer double feature? Uh, no, nah, <laughs> I haven't done. I haven't. I haven't done Oppenheimer yet. I, Barbenheimer. I, yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah. I did you see it? Yeah. It yeah, I want to see that one. It's pretty good. Yeah. That's who should play you in a movie. The lead Silly guy from Murphy? Yeah. Silly Silly Murphy would play him pretty well. Oh yeah, I'm, dude. I think, I think I'm a little too give Shia, to get give to, Shia LaBeouf to baby Dan. Because Shia <laughs> yes, LaBeouf hundred percent kill baby Dan. Hundred percent do so good as that. We've That's already, it, dude. Silly Murphy is you. Silly <laughs> Murphy is Tony Dykstra. I see it though. <laughs> I do see it. Are we an action movie or like a comedy? Or it's like, like a biopic. It's like a yeah, drama. Are we doing a biopic? Yeah. Okay. There's got to be comedy in there though. because We'll make it fun. We're some funny guys. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> yeah. The the scene in that movie where we do this podcast is going to be the longest scene. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you pick to play you during our podcast? I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'll play myself. Maybe I yes. Put, make a cameo. That would be uh, That would be good. <laughs> that would be good. Uh, yeah. a good way to promote I like these types of questions right. these types of questions are cool yeah. I always love these types of questions in interviews like they're really just out there questions right. like yeah. everybody gets to what's next for your music <laughs> what's this but nobody ever like what's your porn star name <laughs> <laughs> well there goes that question of my next one but <laughs> oh, <is it>? yeah. <laughs> tongue daddy <laughs> tongue daddy <laughs> oh my gosh no I did one of those like when I was in high school the name generators and it was Dottie Crooked Stick <laughs> I was like, yeah, maybe if I like. I thought I recognized you. (laughs) (laughs) Catch me at your local uh, dance club. Toddy Crook. Friday nights during the lunch because I'm not good enough to work that dinner shift. Do you uh, do any of you do any celebrity impressions? Do you guys ever find yourself at band practice? goofing around and i used to when i was a kid but yeah. i thought it was great my parents thought it was terrible or my well my parents thought it was terrible i always thought you would have good acting potential i i feel like i could be a good actor i don't know yeah. if i could do impressions so i mean yeah. i i did a lot of impressions growing up and some of them like my dad swore i had a really good christopher walken and i it was terrible and then he would tell me that my morgan freeman was good but it sounded like shit but i used to do this one uh it's a fuck. What's that movie? It's from like the fifties or sixties. It's an old black and white movie where, Oh man, what is his name? I'm not going to be able to think it. It's an old Christmas movie from like the sixties. It was in black and white. A wonderful life. A wonderful life. That's what it was. Yeah. And I used to swear I could do that. You want the moon, Mary. Yeah. And I always swore I could do it. And I swore it was so good. And my parents, to this day, I do it every Christmas. And they're like, it's the worst fucking impression. <laughs> Your parents did not want you to be an actor. No, dude. They, they shot. They would, I don't know yeah. why. They want me to be a musician, but they won't let me be an that actor. That was a mistake. Yeah, a fucking mistake, dude. Both I'm are mistakes. So honestly. good at acting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't do any impressions though. Like, not uh, not, not, well, not well enough to like right. attempt one right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's really only a handful of actors and actresses that are impressionable enough to where people want to do impressions of them. Right. Where I feel like walk-ins, like, they, like everybody does a walk-in yeah. of some sort. Like, yeah. Walk-in, like, Morgan Freeman, <laughs> I guess uh, Trump. 
Yeah, that's Trump or Obama. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they. Uh, Jordan Peele does a good Obama. That one's yeah. funny. <laughs> He does. Don't sleep on Barry O. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was pretty good. <laughs> and this is a good podcast here. And uh, I just wanted to say uh, thank you to our friend Shane here. And that's Dude, all that I got. probably like one of my fucking favorite like comedy skits though. Don't sleep on Barry O. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Jordan Peele is playing Grant. Yes. <laughs> Dude, that would be funny. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, Let's, uh, what about the, uh, your guys' strangest fears? Any of you guys uh, have any strange fears that, uh, anything come to mind? I'm 31 years old and I'm still afraid of the dark. Yeah. Dude, don't really? laugh. I'm dead ass serious, dude. Sorry. Not all the time, but like if I'm home alone, dude, and that's probably partially due to a, a time alone when I was, not in the right state of mind by myself and i had a bad experience but now like being at home and if it's too dark dude like that are you ever like go to walk up the stairs still at this age then you're just like boom and you like run up the stairs as fast as you fucking can because you feel like something's right behind you every time that's that's me dude thing almost got me i'm afraid of an unfulfilled life yeah that's such a strange fear to have that's not a well, that's, I feel like that's a fear for everybody, for oh, sure. Yeah. It's that existential fear that nobody likes to talk talking about. Talking about, like, I think he's more talking about, like, you're afraid of shoelaces or something. Oh, I yeah. see. Like, obscure fears. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. So, I guess mine wasn't strange either. I've a, yeah, I've got pretty <laughs> conventional fears. Mild claustrophobia. Kind of, I almost think I might have some slight agoraphobia lately. Like, I just Crowds? Crowds, yeah. I mean... If you're at a bar, then you drink enough and it's not, it doesn't bother you. But at the same time, it's just like, all right. I feel like we're all kind of, I just get stressed out. Like we're all like home. I mean, definitely me and you since like, we don't really like go out. And Dan. Dan too. Yeah. You're probably the most extroverted. Yeah, the most. So I'm good once we get there. Right. Once we get there, I'm social as shit. Yeah, you're hard to get out of the house. getting me out of the house. But like, I also have like, I'm married with three kids. So like me getting out of the house, I just, I'd rather be home. When you said uh, the dark uh, reminded me of, uh, <clears throat> I work uh, for the school system and like uh, one of our old buildings, like uh, they don't have like all the, like most of the newer buildings all have the safety lighting and everything now. So it's like every third light just stays on, you know, when you turn the lights off. So there's always lights on. Just, yeah. And, but this building is built whatever forever ago i forget when but they don't have any of that so like the only lights was like the exit light at the end of the hall oh shit's creepy dude and in this but i don't know if big red light yeah i don't know if like it was like but you had to like turn off lights here and then i had to like walk through the dark down to and it's like of course there's like not windows in this hall or anything so there's no like zero light all i could see was the red exit sign and i had like walk holding my hand on the wall like it to know where i was going like to because like curved also and i was like but you couldn't literally i couldn't put your hand in front of your face and see anything like it was so pitch black in there and i was like uh that was a that's like when it was like a little trippy like uh, your mind starts messing with you that something's, yeah. something's gonna happen in there 
Yeah, um, I work in I work in like sewers and stuff for a living, and there will be times like we're down like a hundred foot underneath the ground in a pipe that you could drive an eighteen wheeler down, <clears throat> and we'll be in there, and like you'll have your flashlight, you're about two thousand feet walking in this line pulling some rope, and that flashlight starts blinking because it's going dead. And all you see is like 3,000 feet away is this little tiny white light and your flashlight goes dead and you got to walk the rest of that with no light whatsoever. <laughs> or you've got to try to find your extra battery for your light in your, like reach down in your waders, trying to dig out this battery in the pitch black to switch them out. Hopefully you don't drop it because then your boss bitches at you for a $300 <laughs> battery from Milwaukee. And yeah, so... Uh, yeah, thirty one. Still afraid of the dark. <laughs> I, Leave me alone. <laughs> I, now that you talk about it like that, I would say caves is a. Pretty, I, I don't like caves. Mm. Yeah. Pretty afraid of caves. I'm actually. cool with caves as long as I don't have to like pull that bullshit that you see where like people are laying on their stomach like squeezing through, yeah. and they're obviously too fucking big to go through that hole. And it's like, why are you doing this? Like, right. you want to die today? Like. <laughs> You hear those stories of like people going cave diving and stuff, and you like, well, like see those the Chilean hole. miners. Yeah, you like stuff, see the hole they were in, in, and you're like, cave. no wonder they fucking die, dude. Yeah. Like, it's the hole the size of a basketball. Like, how did you even get in there? All right. Like, Can't but they do. Man. The, the earth decides to just start like rocks start falling, and I'm like, yeah. I'm not an adrenaline junkie by any means. No, I don't even like flying, dude. Yeah. Like flying, I just I'll have a panic attack. Probably yeah. would too. I have a lot of legitimate fears. They're not strange. They're just straight. Right. It's a little strange that I'm 31 and still afraid of the dark, but like, yeah. it could be worse. Sure. Uh, what uh, What do you guys think is next for uh, the band? I mean, do we have, obviously, we talked about more new music coming soon and things, but do you, do you guys, uh, do you guys foresee this? as uh something that we'd like to tour with or do like what's the next move you think like going forward rest of the year and stuff like we've been talking about wanting to tour for oh we definitely want to two or three years now we've talked a good amount more recently about touring more i mean we'd be down to go pretty much anywhere in all reality but yeah keeping it a little more regional like the state of Missouri, uh, Columbia, Kansas City, Springfield. Maybe a little over in Illinois. Yeah. Going, yeah. Maybe, it'd be cool to play the show in Chicago. Yeah. And, I mean, Hangovers and some other friends that we have, they're all from Illinois, so yeah. they know the circuit around there. I it's think definitely like, something we want to do, but it's more of like finding – we A, getting it set up and then finding the time that all of us can take off because we all like, we have full-time right, jobs. Right. Yeah. Sure. So, so uh, like a real tour, you're talking about months. I mean, would, we wouldn't be able to do that until yeah. we know or we know that we're going to make the amount of money to support our mortgages and kids. Yeah, we know right now that's not a feasible sure. thing. So I think like uh, some weekends uh, runs. Yeah, like that's a, where we're going to start. Yeah, for sure. And hitting like some colleges like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Columbia. Or yeah, I'd love to play like the Blue Note and do, stuff like that. Yeah. Hit some college towns and like uh, – you just need to find those yeah. connections. Right. Yeah. That's, I think that's been our hardest part is finding the connections we need to like get into the, I feel like we hit up so many people to play so many shows and I get everybody's busy. Like, I mean, people are running businesses right, and they also but, get hit up by a ton. Well, and a lot of people like really didn't clap back from that pandemic quite yet. Like some yeah. people are still like in that clap back stage. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, 
setting up a weekend though thing like from yeah, here like, we're gonna start small and build our way up and right. play yeah. on a f- show on a friday I love in columbia City. I yeah love oh i would play. love to go play I in kansas it, city yeah a lot of people uh seem to there's a run a weekend run like they'll hit kansas city uh like you know friday saturday in columbia and then st louis on sunday or mm-hmm. yeah. something along thurs- be, thursday friday saturday or whatever something like that where you you're working your way back home and then you you know you can sleep in your own bed at the end of the run and you know yeah. things so perfect definitely want to do that we yeah. just got to find i think like a band or two from each town yeah. to get a show together like have them put the show up just have us come through play mm-hmm. it get it set up in the right spot mm-hmm. be cool to play a show out at the lake yeah yeah. What, like the Ozarks? Yeah. They only have, I've never heard of original bands yeah. doing that. And the only music venues they have, they're like the big, they're like the Ozark stages, like Shady Gators and Horny Toads. Oh, and, they have the Ozark Amphitheater. And that's where I right. saw, I think it was a, with my wife one time. It was a cool ass show, but I think it was like a, I think it was a Pink Floyd cover band. Was it El Monstero? No, it wasn't. Oh, I saw El Monstero. Yeah. I saw Shady El Monstero. That was awesome. It may have been El Monstero. I don't really remember though, dude. I was Which, drinking a lot back then. If I did want to be in a cover band, it would have to be something like El Monstero, just because like they're one of those cover bands that are so good. Where it's just like if I can't if I can't play my favorite music that well, then I just don't even want to <laughs> attempt because they put on such a great show. Yeah, it's that's, crazy. It's pretty wild. They're into it, man. Helicopters. Yeah. Like, I think strippers. I'd rather be in a tribute band than a cover band. Right. They're yeah. not a cover well, band. It's a how, tribute uh, band. The, what's the Grateful Dead? Um, swag. No, not the swag. Uh, swag's good, but not the swag. It's the uh, Dark, Dark Star, Star Orchestra. Yeah. They're like the only one apparently recognized by the Grateful Dead as like the actual tribute band. Because they don't like really just like go and play covers. Like they'll go like Grateful Dead played a show in '71 in New York. They'll they play replicate that exact the exact set, which is kind of crazy. It's insane. I mean, they've probably played all of them by now. I'm sure because they've been doing this for like I mean 20 years. That's really insane. But yeah, my dad went to college with one of the drummers and went and saw a show of theirs one time, and they were freaking phenomenal. Nice. Wow! Like, I think our I think our mindset right now is get the recording and yeah. content going, and think maybe touring would happen next year. Drop a couple of music videos. Yeah, been talking about doing that. I think you know, if if you gain a following uh, throughout the country, that gives you the ability sure. to tour. Um, I mean, we could. You know, we could start. There's no rule book, right? But right. Well, I think that's where our main motivation. Well, in these is. days, social media is so important. We're trying to get like, our socials we, up. We've got to get sure. try to get better at posting more content. We've been TikTok yeah. now. Please follow us on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, TikTok. Yeah, social is probably the <laughs> most. I feel like that's where a lot of our mental efforts are being mm-hmm. focused more recently, just trying to figure out what kind of content we want to right. put on social media and the best way to go about it and also getting the proper equipment so that we can make quality content. Because, I mean, it is, uh, like you said, Jonah, it's very important for music today to You, to you basically have no like, choice but to be a mini filmmaker as yeah, a musician yeah everything's you online now man it's a, it's a yeah. second job for yeah sure. or third job if you're That's already fine. in a band also learning the different platforms and what is um what works on which platform yeah they all kind of have their own culture yes 100 percent. yeah well 
Uh, yeah, man. I'm sure we'll get uh, plenty of footage from the Blueberry Hill show for the for the TikTok and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully that'll give you some new content to oh, share definitely. around. And, we yeah, and we'll have uh, uh, like I said, there's some great tunes from uh, you know, three local original bands and definitely. And uh, it's gonna be a great night out there at Blueberry Hill. So come out and party with us. And um, but yeah, follow along with these guys on uh, your socials and get plugged in. Yeah, uh, but I appreciate you guys. Spending some time with me today and hanging out for doing sure, this, man. absolutely so great. Appreciate you coming by, man. Yeah. yeah, so uh, great. I will. Uh, I'll see you uh, on the twenty sixth. Then sounds good. Oh yeah, yeah. Man. appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, cool. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, Shane. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Later.